church. Good morning. Hey, man, how are we doing this morning? We're doing good? Hey, man, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 614, hymn 614. We get to sing of the mercies of the Lord. Amen. Hymn 614, hymn 614, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord as our opening hymn, and then we'll have an opening word of prayer. thank you for the privilege of coming here today, gathering with brothers and sisters in Christ to worship you, Father. We pray that everything that's said and done here today will honor and glorify your son, Jesus Christ. If there's one here who doesn't know him as Savior, may they come to know him before they leave this place today. Bless everything that's done today, for we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue in praise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 526, hymn 526, Bring Them In. Bring Them In. Hymn 526, Bring Them In. Sing along. Our heart is the shepherd's voice I hear out in the desert, dark and
Oh, can you imagine what it's going to be like when we get to heaven and how we're going to shout the victory because of what God has done for us? And not only that, but where we are, I think it will take about a thousand years, amen? All right, y'all going to have to get alive and well this morning. Y'all doing all right? Amen. Do you believe that Jesus saves? Amen. Amen. Then let's stand and let's sing that hymn, hymn number 325, Jesus Saves. Let's stand with me if you would, please. Amen. Amen. Central Park Baptist Church this morning. With us this morning, if you're a first-time visitor here and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll slip your hand up right now, our ushers will get that to you right now. Fill that usher, uh, fill that visitor card out for us. And at the end of the service, out in the foyer at the table that's there, I'll be behind that desk, and uh, I'll exchange your visitor card for a gift bag. We have a gift bag for you. We want to thank you for coming and being a part of the service. There's a lot of churches out there. They preach a lot of different things. But you've come today to hear, and we're thankful that you've come. And we're actually grateful that you chose to be with us at Central Park Baptist Church this morning. Thank you so much for coming, and welcome to our services. Amen. And if you're glad you're here, say amen. 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 Well, that's a lot better than a while ago, Amen. <laughs> I like, that's my grandbaby, so she's all right, okay? That's all right. Uh, but I'm glad that you're here today. Man, we've got a lot of folks that have had surgery, some that are sick today. It's, you know, do you ever have one of those weeks? Yeah, amen. All right, well, it's been two of them, all right? I think we've, we've fit two in one, but I'm, I'm thankful that you're here today. I appreciate you being here. Let me encourage you to be a giver today. I'm thankful for our debt retirement that we started, the... Uh, First of July, and uh, we have uh, brother Bujin's painted on the uh, thermometer thing out there. But just to give you an idea, we for the month the sun started giving in June. Just a quick update: we've had about seventy-five hundred dollars that's come in for the month of June and through the eleventh of July already for debt retirement. And I say praise the Lord for that. Amen. But remember, God said give, and how does that verse go? It shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, 
shall men give unto your bosom. So that's, listen, God is good, amen? And uh, not as long as he is good, but he is good all the time. So let me encourage you. You give as unto the Lord today, and, uh, and remember, God loves a cheerful giver. Father, help us, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus saves. What a, uh, what a great song, Lord. What a great message, Lord, today. And, God, I pray that if we are saved this morning, that, Lord, that we will shout it from the rooftops, Lord, and let everybody know that we have a wonderful Savior, Lord, today uh, who has given the very best that he could give. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us now for just a few moments, God, to give this offering. Lord, help us to give from the depths of our heart because of your goodness to us, Lord. And we pray that you'd bless it because it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. this time what we're going to do is we're going to uh, dismiss the children if you're fifth grade and under fifth grade and under you're at this time now dismissed Virginia Church and the Korean ministry you're now uh, dismissed for Korean Church so children fifth grade and under and Korean ministry you are now dismissed at this time as the rest of us if you wouldn't mind uh, st uh, standing we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 539 hymn 539 Rescue the perishing, we'll do the first and last verses of hymn 539, Rescue the Perishing. Hymn 539, Rescue the Perishing. <laughs>
our guests that I know that we need to greet. And also, we're excited to have our very own Brother Ben visiting with us again. And so at this time, let's all greet uh, our, our, our guests at this time. Amen. Ms. Rachel. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Find you a place if you would please stand in honor of reading God's word this morning. Uh, we're going to begin reading again in verse 10. And uh, we'll read down through verse 17, all right? Find your place, say Amen. All right, Are y'all, some of y'all must be still looking. Find your place, amen. All right, that's better. Now read with me, if you would please, beginning in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, 
having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I pray, dear Father God, that you'd bless the reading of your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, Lord, and God, that you'd help us, Lord, to respond to the, uh, to the Holy Spirit of God this morning. Lord, whatever the spiritual need might be in the hearts of those that are here today, I pray, Father God, that you'd please move in their hearts and that folks will come during the invitation time and just, Lord, allow you to have your way in their hearts and lives. So, Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory for it all because it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and ask all these things. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're, 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 we're still going through the whole armor of God. Uh, this is the next to the last piece. Uh, it's not because... Uh, you know, they're not mentioned in, uh, I don't think, in the level of importance because I think they're all important. Uh, we, I believe we need each one of those uh, in order to accomplish what God would have us to accomplish here, and that's to be able to stand against all the fiery darts of Satan. Uh, because if you notice in verses 10 through 13, uh, these uh, teach us that the saints of God, that we are engaged in a spiritual conflict. Are y'all, y'all get it, right? A spiritual conflict against a, a powerful and a relentless enemy. Uh, how many of you have met him? Well, we have. We've all experienced him. Uh, and by the way, he is relentless, and we can all say amen. Uh, our enemy is identified in verse 11. Uh, you know, God doesn't just leave us out there wondering who, who he is. He tells us, he lets us know that it's the devil and this devil, in verse 11, comes against the people of God with various or, or wiles, if you look there in verse 11. And he does everything in his power to destroy our faith and, and to draw our attention away from the God of glory. And we can again say amen for that. Uh, and it's God's will that we stand against the attacks of Satan. You look there in verse 11, verse 13, and verse 14, it teaches that. Uh, and when we stand, we learned this over the last few weeks, that when we stand, we hold a critical position against the attack of the enemy. Uh, and this attack speaks, or this, uh, this critical position against the attack of the enemy, it speaks of a soldier who refuses to even uh, give an inch of ground uh, to uh, an attacking foe. Listen, God help us to refuse to give an inch. I mean, we really, we, there are this, the things in the Word of God ought to bring us to the place where we say, nope, we're, that, we're not going any further. Right. We've, come to, we've gone too far already, by the way, and we need to draw a line in the, sta- in the sand and say, this is as far as we go. And, and, and that's what this is teaching us. It's the image of a soldier on the defensive one who's protecting the ground that's already been taken from the enemy. In fact, that's what uh, uh, God meant in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 27 when he said, neither give place to the devil. Amen. God has given his people, you and me, some very precious ground uh, today. And we've talked about this over the last few weeks. Uh, We have been given the truth of who God is and uh, the truth of how much he loves us. And I'm thankful in this old wicked world that, uh, that we'll never be without someone that loves us. Speaking of God himself, he will always love us. Uh, and I'm thankful for that. But we have also been given uh, the church, his church, by the way. It's not my church. It's not your, it's God's church. He's the head. He's the one that organized it. He's the one that purchased it with his own blood. Uh, we've also been given his word that's been forever settled in heaven. We've been uh, given his spirit. We have been given his grace, his salvation. Uh, we have his blessings. And, and the list goes on and on besides all of this. Yet our enemy, the devil, think about it, does not want us to have anything that we've been given of God. He wants to take everything from us. He wants to take away the fruit of the Spirit that we've been given in Galatians chapter 5. And by the way, now he can take these from us, these. 
And the, the fruit of the Spirit. You, you, you remember what they are. Love, joy, peace, meekness, goodness, long-suffering, uh, 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 faith. Uh, uh, listen, the devil can rob us of these things right. if we allow him to. Right. Amen. Amen. Uh, but there's some things that the devil cannot take from us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, he, can't take, he, he can't take my salvation from me. Amen. I mean, it's mine. It's been given to me. I didn't do anything for it. It was a gift from God. Uh, and he can't take that. But he will do everything in his power to diminish the influence of those things that we've been given in our lives. He will nullify the blessings of God that he cannot steal. And if we're going to be able to stand or to hold the precious ground that we've been given, then we must put on the whole armor of God. We can't take one piece here and one piece. Now listen, we must wear the whole armor of God every moment of every day. Right. Amen. Amen. Because if we do not, then Satan, I, I promise you, he will come and steal away the things that he can steal from us and he will make them null and void in our life. And we can all say amen. Uh, let, let's review just a few things about the, uh, the armor of God. Uh, first, we talked about the belt of truth. The belt of truth speaks of a life that's built on faithfulness to the word of God and to uh, the God of the word. It speaks of our being uh, truthful in both our testimony and, and also how we live. The belt of truth is the believer's stability so that we have the, uh, the enablement, if you will, to, to stand against Satan. That belt of truth also provides a place for the other pieces of the armor of God to rest. Amen. I, I mean, we have to put on the belt of truth. Otherwise, the other armor, listen, has no place for the sword of the Spirit, which we, uh, we taught the, the breastplate of righteousness. Think about it. The, that breastplate of righteousness, is, it speaks of a holy life. God help us to live a holy life. Amen. Amen. Every day. Listen, God told us to be holy. And if he told us to be holy, guess what? We can be holy. We can be spirit-filled. We can live a God-conscious life every moment of every day. And, and this breastplate of righteousness speaks of a life that is lived in conformity with the Word of God. A holy life is a, listen, a, holy life is a powerful defense against Satan. Amen. Uh, when we allow sin to dwell in our lives, then we give Satan a beachhead. Think about it. We give him a beachhead from which he can attack us and exploit us. Sin gives Satan the ammunition he needs to assail the glory of God and to destroy and devastate our testimony and our reputation. Listen, our reputation is not built inside these walls. Our reputation and our testimonies are built outside these walls. It's what we do on a day-to-day -day basis in our lives today uh, that, that brings us into uh, to where we can have influence on the lives of other people. If I live one way in here and I live something different outside these walls, what kind of an influence and a, uh, an impact am I going to have on lost people, even Christians who are outside the will of God? Listen, absolutely zero. We may say it, we may talk it, but will not influence or impact anyone. And listen, and you as a child of God have a responsibility to live a holy life so that you can impact the lives of other people. Right. Amen. Uh, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Then there's the boots of peace. Uh, these speak of our foundation in the Lord Jesus Christ when our Feet, the Bible says, are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It means that we're saved by grace and we know it. Listen, I'm saved by grace. For by grace are you saved. Not of works, it's a gift of God. Or it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I am saved by the grace of Almighty God. And, listen, and, and if, by the way, if I were to be, to be absent from this body, if I am saved, is to be present with the Lord. I am, I am as sure as, I'm as sure as I can be about anything today that I'm a born again child of God. 
And we need to be that, but we can't have that kind of assurance if we do not have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, I've done that. Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And John 3, 16 says that, listen, we, are, that we uh, I forgot, let me do it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have what kind of life? Everlasting. That means from the moment that I said, Lord, please come into my heart and save me. Listen, I, I am saved from that moment forward. Nothing can take that away from me. And the reason I know that is because my feet have been shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The boots of peace uh, we put on makes us secure in our salvation and we cannot be moved. You know, kind of like the, the people say that the, the Baptist national anthem is, I shall not be moved. Well, I don't know about that, but I'm telling you, Jesus is my Savior. I shall not be moved. In his love and favor, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the water, I shall not be moved. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm saved. The boots of peace. Uh, they give us confidence in what the Lord's done for us and that we want others to know about it. Uh, it's, listen, we, if we're born again children of God, we ought to want other people to know. Amen. Uh, then there's the shield of faith. It speaks of our daily life in God that causes us to trust Him in all the seasons of life. You know, Romans 1.17 uh, tells us that the just shall live by faith when times are good. Oh, wait a minute. That's not what it says, is it? It says the just shall live by faith. Amen. Period. Yep. I mean, that's when times are good. That's when times are bad. Even when the fiery darts of the devil are raining down all around us. Uh, listen, uh, uh, we still should live by faith. We should have on the shield of faith that allows us to stand. And, and having done all to stand. Listen, when we live behind the buckler of our faith. Listen, we become an impossible target for the devil to hit. And, the, and, and so God help us to understand the importance of the shield of faith. But all of these uh, pieces of armor that I've mentioned, they are all of equal importance. Right. Amen. Yeah. But then we come to the next piece, the helmet of salvation. The Bible says, and take the helmet of salvation. See, in the days when men wore armor into battle, they referred to their helmet as a bonnet. And, and this helmet or this bonnet was worn by these ancient soldiers, it, it was important because this helmet, it, it was made of either a thick a piece of leather that was covered by plates of metal or it was made out of a, a solid piece of metal that was beaten into the shape of the human head. And most ancient helmets had they had metal extensions. You picture those in your mind that came down on the sides, but those things were also made to protect the face. Listen, the purpose of the helmet is obvious. It was, it was there and designed to protect the head. Yeah. Amen. Listen, the Bible teaches us to gird up the loins of our mind. Uh, we today, if we're not careful, the, the, we are bombarded every day that we live uh, uh, to, in our minds. The, the things that makes us think about uh, the, the world today, has uh, they've taken over our school systems. Yeah. Why? Because they're after the mind of the children. Because, and by the way, they've done, do, done that for umpteen years. And I believe today we're seeing the result of that. Gird up the loins of your mind. But now, listen, not only that, but they've not only attacked us from our schools, but they are attacking us from the media. They are attacking us now even in our homes by the television that we watch. Listen, God help us to understand the importance of girding up our minds because Satan is after our thought process. He is after the way we think today. And God help us to think on things that are pure, true, just, honest, of good report. Listen, think upon the word of Almighty God. We must protect our mind. Amen. Uh, this, this helmet 
uh, of salvation that we're talking about. It was, uh, it was there to protect these soldiers, these foot soldiers, uh, up from those that were on horseback. They carried a broad sword. It, it, and if you notice there in verse 17, that was a different type of sword there uh, that's mentioned than, than, what were, than the broad sword. This broad sword was a two-handed sword. It was usually between three and four feet long and it had a double-edged blade and, <clears throat> and this, this sword was swung by these horse soldiers in, in an effort to literally split the skulls of these foot soldiers or even to try to decapitate them. And this helmet, was, it, it deflected the blow of this broad sword and protected the foot soldier from injury. Now watch, our text tells us that this helmet... This and this spiritual helmet that we are to wear in our battles is the helmet of salvation. Are you still with me? Say amen. Amen. This indicates that Satan's attacks, that his blows are aimed at our minds. The intent is on destroying our sense of security and our assurance in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the devil can strike a blow against us that causes us to become discouraged... Amen. One that can fill us with doubt. Listen, he will have little trouble in sidelining us and taking us out of the battle. You remember back in, in, in the book of Genesis when Satan came to Adam and Eve. Listen, he attacked their mind. He attacked their thought process. He wielded that sword of, uh, of doubt against Adam and Eve. And listen, and they fell for it. Listen, I'm here to let you know today, Satan is a powerful foe. And we must make sure that we have our minds protected with the helmet of salvation. We must have that assurance in the things that God has done for us and, 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 and our assurance in the, in the Word of God and our assurance in, our, uh, in the things that the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. We must have that assurance and security that only comes through the Word of God. We've got to protect our minds. Listen, this helmet of salvation protects against discouragement. To discourage us, Satan points to our failures He points us to our sin. He points us to unresolved problems. He points us to poor health or whatever else it it seems negative in our lives in order to make us lose confidence in the love and care of, of God. And watch, listen, even those who've been saved for a while, those who who have uh, been uh, in a battle for a long time, those who have enjoyed a lot of spiritual success, they also can find themselves victims of discouragement. Say, well, how do you, uh, a good example, 1 Kings chapter 19, you remember uh, a man by the name of Elijah? Elijah had just won a great victory. Amen. Over 450 prophets of Baal. We stood in that place. And they had a big statue, so-called of Elijah, where he was supposedly had slain these 450 prophets of of Baal. Listen, he, he called down fire from heaven for Pete's sake. But the next day, he got word from Queen Jezebel. 1 Kings chapter 19 and 2. She said, so let the gods do to me and more also. And she's talking to Elijah. If I make not thy life as the life of one of them tomorrow about this time. Listen, here's Elijah. He's prayed down fire from heaven. He's slain 450 prophets of Baal. And then... He lets this wicked, godless queen intimidate him. And she says this, he hears about it, and he runs for his life. I mean, he travels to Beersheba, and under a a shrub there, you go back and read it, he is ready to quit on God. He's ready to resign his office. Elijah's discouraged. Yet here comes God in verse 18 of chapter 19, and he assures Elijah. Listen, he says, Elijah, you're not the only one. He says, there are 7,000 in Israel that have remained faithful and have not bowed their knee to Baal. 
Elijah here learns an, an important lesson that victory, listen, spiritual victory does not insulate us against discouragement. Amen. Amen. Now think about this. When we allow problems and pain and suffering uh, in our lives, uh, when, uh, in, in, in other situations to make us discourage uh, things that, that, to the point to where we want to quit on God, to the point where we want to resign our position in Christ, listen, the devil has won a victory. Amen. He's got us right where he wants us, and he does it through discouragement. I read a story about a, a coal truck back when they used to deliver them years ago. And it, it said that they delivered a ton of coal on the sidewalk and out in front of this little girl's house. And she's there in the city of London. And this girl, she comes outside and she's got a little small shovel. And she digs into that one ton of coal and she turns around and she walks into the house with it and comes back out. And, and she's been doing that for about an hour, and a neighbor is watching her. And the neighbor comes out and tells this little girl, said, listen, you will never be able to get, that in, get all of that in the house. And she said these words. Oh, he said, she said, sir, I will if I work long enough. Listen, the test of a person's character is what it takes to stop them. Amen. These days, it doesn't take much for some folks. Some people retreat as soon as the first shot is fired. Amen. While others, they fight through the battle. While others are steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of God. Listen, God allowed Satan, you know the story, to strip Job of every good thing that he possessed except his life. Uh, Satan took everything, his, his children, his wealth, his health, listen, everything. But God said you can't take his life. And yet in Job 13, 15, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him, but I will maintain mine own ways before him. Amen. Listen, that is the kind of steadfastness that we need today. God help us as Christians not to let the little feathers of Satan to knock us off track. The book of Job demonstrates that true saving faith is not connected, listen, not connected to what benefits and blessings a person receives or loses. Job's helmet of salvation, he had it on. And he deflected every blow against him and he maintained his faith in God's love and care for him. You and I need to do the same. Jeremiah also wore the helmet of salvation. Look over in Jeremiah chapter 15. When the Lord called Jeremiah, the Lord God told Jeremiah, said, listen, Jeremiah, you're going to be rejected, you're going to be persecuted, and you're going to be attacked. Most folks would have said, you know what? I'm out. God says, I'm going to, Jeremiah, I'm going to call you. But you're going to be rejected, persecuted. Nobody's going to listen. Man, we would have never got out of our place. We can all, amen. I mean, we would have been done. We would have never got in. But notice what it says. Jeremiah said, thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. Listen, I want, to, I want you to understand something. Jeremiah, he had on the helmet of salvation and he deflected everything Satan threw at him and he stayed in the fight. Amen. Amen. But I want you to see some things right here about this and just kind of a side note, I want you to notice this verse of scripture. If you're not there, turn over, Jeremiah 15, 16. And I want you to notice some things about what he says here when you put on the helmet of salvation. Notice what Jeremiah said, the words of God require to be found. Jeremiah said, thy words were found. The words of God this morning, listen, they are not written across the sky for those godless or or worldly, careless people in this world so that they won't miss them. God hasn't done that. If If you're with me, say amen. 
Listen, they, they, they are not like that at all. But again, I want you, they are, they are hidden treasures. To, to be dug for, pearls of great price to be sought after. And, and listen, and we're not to be content with just skimming the Word of God and just doing some type of, uh, of surface reading of Scripture. The Bible says, and God teaches us to search the Scripture. Right. Amen. Many today, though, are content with just skimming over it. I'm not, I'm not satisfied with just the skimming of the Word of God. Listen, there's things in here that will help you, things in here that will strengthen you today, but you've got to find them. You've got to dig for them. You've got to study, have to show yourself approved unto God. Listen, but they're there. They're there. The revealing of God's Word is for those who labor, Fast, watch, pray, and seek God's face for understanding. But in the same thought, the words of God are not, you know, so hidden that they can't be discovered. Because Matthew 7 and verse 8 says, He that seeketh, findeth. Yeah. Uh, The words of God require them to be found. But notice something else. The words of God must be eaten in order to profit us. It's not enough that the words of God are, are spoken or even heard, understood, believed, or remembered, admired. They have to be eaten. In other words, we have to apply them to ourselves. You know, if, if you're starving to death, uh, you, and, and there's a, a, a bread shop down here on the corner, that, that starving guy can go down there and stare in the window at all that food all day long. And he'll starve to death. He'll die right there. You know why? Hadn't been eaten. Uh, You understand it's the same with the word of God. Many today have an external knowledge of God's word, but they've never received it into their being. You know, God said, taste and see. Taste and see. See, the words of God are food for the soul. The Bible teaches us that Christ was the Word made flesh. The Bible says that the Lord is the bread of life. When Satan tempted him in in the wilderness and the Lord himself told Satan, he said, listen, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Listen, these words today, you, uh, we, I, I know a lot of people who read them, they heed them, they admire them, they understand them, they believe them, but they've never made application. And it will not help you today if you don't apply these in the way that you live. Listen, if, 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 we, if this book does not make a difference in how we live, then we know beyond a shadow of doubt that we have not applied them to our lives. Amen. Listen, if we expect the words of God to, that we can use them and benefit us, they must be applied. But they also, we must meditate over the words of God. Look in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I just quoted this verse a few minutes ago. Uh, It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, and I'm just uh, paraphrasing, uh, pure, lovely, of good report. And the Bible says there in the last, If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Listen. God says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. In other words, you're going to be satisfied. Folks, listen, the helmet of salvation protects against all these things. But it all comes from the Word of God. You see, the words of God require us to find them. You can't come to church on Sunday, put your Bible down Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening and not pick it up for the rest of the week and expect it to help you. You've got to look in it. You've got to dig in it. You've got to read it, study it. Uh, what? The words of God have to be eaten. Taste and see. They have to be applied to our lives. You know, sometimes we don't like that because it, it, it gets into the things that we want to do. Yeah. Come on. You, amen. amen. Yeah. And then we've got to meditate on them. Um, you know, I, I, I know this sounds crazy, but I like to mow grass. Amen. Because I get out on my lawnmower. And I'm riding that thing around, it's beating me to death. But you know what? It gives me time to think and meditate on the Word of God. You know, one thing I've learned that if you're out mowing grass and you've got your, your Bible going on your phone, nobody's going to come out there and bother you while you're mowing grass. You know? 
One reason they, they don't want to, they're not, they don't want to mow it. I mean, it's hot. The sun, uh, the wind blowing, and you, and you turn, and then all of a sudden, well, listen. But you know what? While I'm out there, I have an opportunity just between to get with me and God, and mow my grass. Can I can I encourage you today? Maybe you're not a, a grass mower, but there's places in your life that you can go and you can meditate on the Word of God, where nobody's going to bother you, and it'll just between you and God. And it allow you to meditate and think on the things of Almighty God. Listen, that's when the Lord begins to speak to our hearts. Uh, but if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Let me show you something, one more thing about the helmet of salvation. It protects us against discouragement. It also protects us against doubt. Um, when we come to doubt our salvation or when we come to doubt the Word of God, we, we become easily defeated. When we doubt our salvation, we'll be discouraged. And when we come to doubt God's faithfulness, we're easily discouraged. Can I tell you this morning, God is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. Um, have you ever done anything wrong? Amen. Have you ever failed? Yeah. Have you ever really, you know, blew it? Yeah. You know, ever really just kind of messed that up? Well, Lord, that was a, you know, that was a big bummer for me. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm here to let you know that we've all done that. But God is faithful. Yeah. If Satan can convince you that you're not really saved or somehow that you've lost your salvation, listen, it will devastate you spiritually. Uh, because doubt paralyzes the believer. I, I talk to people all the time and I ask them about their salvation. And... and Probably the majority of the time when I ask them if they're saved, they'll say, well, I think so. You can ask me every moment of every day if I'm saved and I'm in my right mind. I'm going to tell you, I know absolutely that I'm saved. I know beyond a shadow of doubt that if I die today, I'm, I'm in heaven. I'm as good as in glory right now. Listen, you can't convince me uh, that I'm not saved. My dad has always said, you know, you can convince me uh, that I'm not married and, that, and I don't have five kids before you'll convince me that I'm not saved. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm a born-again child of God. Uh, why, how do I know? Because I asked him to save me. When people come down and they trust Christ as their Savior and and they, after they pray the sinner's prayer, I ask them, I say, are you saved? Yeah. Uh, how do you know? And my, my answer is because I ask him. You see, our, our position is to ask. Amen. That's right. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's our, that's our place. And those who call upon the name of the Lord, listen, our place is the asking God's place is the saving. And what God does, he does well. Yeah, but if Satan can get you to doubt, listen, I'm telling you, you'll be unproductive and you'll be miserable as a child of God. Nothing will sideline the child of God quicker than having their peace and security taken away from them. See, when Paul says, watch, back in Ephesians, when he says, take the helmet of salvation, he's not talking about being saved. He's talking to save people. What he means is that we're able to stand in the full assurance of the salvation that we possess in Christ. We're told that, or we, we're told that we hold the truth uh, that if we're saved, the Lord has redeemed us and promised us everlasting life. We shall not, the Bible says, come into condemnation shall not and so when Satan comes against you and he will he's coming he may be on your shoulder right now this morning yeah listen when he comes stand your ground but don't stand it in the flesh stand it in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ you see, 1 Peter 1, 18, 19 says, you've been bought with his precious blood. Yeah. 
1 Corinthians 6 says you belong to him. Amen. Hebrews 13 says that he will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. He'll keep you through the battles of this life and we face them every day. And the Bible says that he'll, he will bring you safely home. We're going to talk about that this afternoon. See, the helmet of salvation will bring you the assurance that you're saved beyond any shadow of doubt. And the helmet of salvation will protect you from discouragement. Listen, we, if discouragement comes, it happens to the best of us. As I mentioned earlier, all those that have been saved, born again for a long time, it'll, get, it'll come. But it's what we do with that discouragement that makes the difference. It's what we do when doubt tries to attack us that makes the difference. When discouragement comes, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. Yep. I'm just going to get down the precious word of God and get on my face before God and say, God, I just need a little help today. I need a little strength today. Um, you know, things are a little heavy. Yeah. Things are a little tough for me today, Lord. It's, you know, I'm, it's been one of, it, it, all in one day, it's been one of those weeks. <laughs> yeah. We face, listen, there's things in here that people have faced. We have no idea what they've faced in their life this week. But God knows. And if you'll put on the helmet of salvation and Satan begins to strike the blow of discouragement and doubt, it'll fend him off. And we can have the assurance that we're saved and that God cares. Amen. Father, help us this morning. Speak to our hearts. Lord, um, the helmet is to protect our thoughts. God, please, you, you told us to capture every evil imagination, bring it into captivity of the Word of God. And, and Lord, we do that with the helmet of salvation. Lord, help us, Father, to have the assurance that we need, God, that you are who you say you are, and that, God, that you care for us and love us. God, if there's someone here this morning that's not saved, God, I pray that they'll come. Maybe there's someone here, Lord, today that doubts. God, the best way to take care of that doubt is just to come. And Lord, go through the salvation process, Lord, and just do it again. That way they can bring Satan back to this moment and say, nope, I'm saved beyond shadow of a doubt. Because God, if they are doubting, they may be okay today. But Lord, Satan, he'll defeat them again tomorrow. So God, I pray that they'll come and take care of that. Maybe there's someone here that's discouraged this morning. Folks that have been fighting battles this week, Lord, the devil's been after them. I pray, God, that they'll come today. And Lord, that they'll take unto themselves the whole armor of God, Lord. And God, that they might be able to withstand the fiery darts of Satan. God, help us, Lord, today. God, I pray that you give this invitation. And I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, please, nobody looking around, just... just...